0: it's John Campbell at the Like David Project. Uh, glad you could click on us, listen to us, however you get here. Uh, we're glad you made it. Um, got some uh, good news. Uh, we had the pleasure of having Eric Driggers join us this week, and he is going to be sitting in for a while, I think. So, uh, And he's been a great addition. He's new to Cornerstone. He's got a lot of smart uh, insight, and he's going to be awesome to have for the podcast. Um, so things, things are looking up um, Also just want to Kind of fair warning We mess with some live mics And trying to make the podcast louder We continually are hearing about how You have trouble hearing me or, or somebody And uh, so we're trying to fix that But it's a kind of a learning process So uh, we did some new stuff this week And hopefully it worked uh, So your feedback would be awesome That way we know if it worked or not um, and we've been trying stuff every week, so hopefully soon. All right. Hope you enjoy the podcast and, uh, see you next week. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is I found a article on relevant magazine titled why are Christians unoriginal? I sound, I know it sounds kind of negative, but it's actually a good, good article. And basically just to paraphrase it, cause it's rather long was why It seems in Christian subculture that there's kind of an answer to every secular thing out there. Like the examples the article uses is if you like Tupac, you'll like the gospel gangsters. (laughs) Or if you like the Backstreet Boys, you'll like, I don't know, cure or something you know again there's always a christian culture answer but the problem with that is and that's what the the article saying it's kind of stepping on thin ice so he's being really cautious the way he says it because he doesn't want to single out anyone it doesn't have to be an artist there's other things too uh but he doesn't want to single out anything because there's like god instead of youtube and Facebook instead of facebook and the thing is, is, you're copying something that was good, and a lot of the times it becomes tainted, almost like uh, uh, Dr Pepper and Dr Thunder in your store. Dr Pepper tastes better because it's the original. Dr Thunder's a cheaper, you know, version, copied version. So it goes into it goes into that, and that's not a, a complaint that's new, but not something we've talked about. So. Um, But I really like the kind of the conclusion of the article, which says, and it brings in the kingdom of God and just is saying, hey, if we weren't known for cheap knockoffs, what if we were known for, uh, and he calls it the kingdom alternative, love of God, love of neighbors, uh, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, uh, wonderful marriages choosing self-sacrifice over the sword. Uh, there's a quote here also. It says, The kingdom of God ought to be known as an enhanced society, not an almost as good as pop culture, or, quote, safe from evils of all things secular bubble. Scott McKnight says it well. The kingdom of God, in short, compass, is the society in which the will of God is established to transform all of life. N.T. Wright offers another glimpse into the kingdom, noting that currently heaven is the control room for earth because the one who is in heaven is the one who's ruling the earth. Taken together, we can understand the kingdom of God as God's ruling activity embodied within a transformative community for the sake of the world. God's invitation to us is to become known as a kingdom kind of alternative culture. So, first off, do you have any thoughts on that? Anybody?
1: Uh, well, I think there is a, a little bit of a problem there. I think Christians should be doing two things. I, there's, it's okay to take elements of the culture around us and redefine it and you know, repurpose it, I guess, uh, for a Christian purpose. That's always happened. Uh, Martin Luther uh, took some pagan symbols and turned them into symbols that had Christian meaning. and Things like the Christmas tree... Stuff that we are now comfortable with and and they're acceptable Some of the old hymn writers used to take local bar songs and they would change the lyrics to make them... uh, And they have become great anthems of the the Christian faith. So there is that precedent of of redirecting something with purpose. But what is probably lacking right now in Christianity in general is, is being on the forefront of culture and of art... Uh, Because that's something that has also been a part of the church historically, that that God is awe-inspiring, and he has inspired, God has inspired artists over the years to do great things. Um, That seems to have fallen by the wayside. So all that we've become is a culture that that mimics and parrots the the things that are successful
2: around us.
3: I'm thinking, too, the... uh where Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, he says that the kingdom of God is like leaven, like leaven in bread, where you a tiny part of leaven will cause the whole loaf to rise. And I see that as Christianity in society, a picture of Christianity in society, of uh, the kingdom of God advancing, where the truth of God's word, as we know it, being the salt and the light. Uh, and in fact, it's in that same little group of parables about salt and light and leaven uh, the idea there is that we would actually cause society to rise just like uh, a loaf of bread would never rise to its potential without the yeast or the leaven being in there and I believe that that's that's the creative potential that Christianity has when I say Christianity I mean uh... followers of jesus christ who were born again of the spirit of god who are creative people like god the creator fashioned in the same uh... way and after the light after light kind of, uh... of the creator and i believe that uh... i agree with what Matt's saying we should actually be on the forefront rather than copying we need to be on the forward edge we need to be out there on the forward edge i think that uh, our music should be more creative I think our writing should be more creative. I think our arts, the expression of the art should be more creative because we are linked right into uh, the creativity of the creator by the link of the Holy Spirit. I, I remember years ago when,
4: when, just because we're talking about music that's come up, when christian music it seemed like there there was a new sound on the scene and and it wasn't so much at least i didn't feel when i would hear some of these bands talk or or hear them play i didn't feel like it was so much that they were going out to to really praise god and, and to to proclaim the message as much as it almost seemed like that there was a A certain music scene that was available to the world, but it wasn't available to the church, if you will, a younger demographic of the church, and so these bands um, almost came out just to to offer something to the Christian. And in a clever marketing kind of sense, it's like, yeah, they, they, they <laughs> know, it's <out> to market. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, we'll look the same, we'll sound the same, we'll give that same sound, so that the Christian has something to listen to that's not of the world. Right. And today it seems that that's changed. That there's so much um, just leading edge music. It, it seems today Christian music, if you will, that. You hear the heart of God in, in the in the lyrics. You really hear the heart of God even more than that in the band members when they speak and when they minister. They're, they're no longer coming. It doesn't seem just to offer something that looks like the world to pacify uh, what the Christian might not have. But rather they're coming to worship God. And in doing that, they're, they're creating uh, a, a very modern worship um that's that's fulfilling a role in in the church today. And it just seems like there's such a big difference um, over the last probably two decades in in that area. And and it makes me think what Paul said, where he he talks about, uh, I become all things to all people, that I might be able to win one. And his heart doesn't seem to be there that, well, we don't have this, so I'm going to do this, uh, just so people, the Christian community can latch on to it. But more he recognized the need and he came with a heart to God to reach out to people and I, I think that's really the key difference
2: mm-hmm.
0: do you think it's dangerous to have a Christian response to almost everything secular doesn't it kind of seclude Christianity maybe I'm
1: not sure I understand the question
0: do you think it's dangerous for to Christians to have a response, everything music or everything secular, there's always an answer. There's always, I can see it, a Christian alternative to every band that's out there or every big label that's out there or every style that's out there. That's not an exclusively Christian problem
1: though, because any band that becomes successful spawns copycats that... that That are inspired by jump on the bandwagon,
0: but I mean, Christian has its own subculture where you have like just different Christian clothing that look like uh, normal clothing or regular clothing, or Christian movies that uh, similar to secular movies. And I can see people living a sheltered life where they fall into this. If you're not if you're not feeding into this Christian subculture, you're wrong. And it can be kind of, because it, it makes you, if you are watching secular movies, it, it, I see it turning judgmental.
1: Well, one one problem is that just because something is given the Christian label, as Eric was, was saying with music, just because you slap the Christian label on something does not does not guarantee oh, yeah. that the heart of the people are right. Yes, it is sometimes our our fallback. Is it is it a Christian band? Have they have they confessed? You know, does everybody know to, are they released on a Christian uh, record label? But those things are no guarantees, and they're maybe not even the most important thing that we should be looking at, uh, as much as you know the, the hearts of the people. And, and the flip side, there's lots of artists out there who are not signed to Christian record labels, and don't run around claiming to be Christian, yet their music is very powerful and spiritual and deep, and, and has a positive, affirmative message on. And surely the same could be true of, of movies as well. That there, you, can, you can experience truth and, and glean something positive out of, out of a movie, whatever its source, as long as it sort of taps into the eternal moral principles of God and, and falls in line with those.
4: I have a, a friend uh, up here in New River who's a musician, and, and I remember him saying one time there's a difference between being a a Christian band or being Christians in a band. And and going on, on what you were just saying, um, I remember years ago I used to listen to Paul Overstreet. And, and he's a great example. He wasn't a uh, billed as this Christian artist. And, and he did uh, music that was more along the country, vein. but he wasn't a, billed as a Christian artist. But the music that he did was about, a lot about marriage, a lot about a very positive message, so that when you listen to him, um, that's what you heard, was that positive message, um, and, and you didn't have to, to categorize yourself or, or conform to being a, a part of Christian country or a, a part of the subculture, um, and I think that is important, I, I agree with, with, um, What you said, John, it can, I think, pretty easily lead you to a point of of legalism where I have to listen to this or I have to listen to something or I have to watch something that has been billed as Christian or I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm not doing the right thing. right. right.
3: I think to uh, the question being, is there a danger in it? I think there can be a danger in it and that it might be, because it's a Christian band or a Christian clothing line or whatever, there would be some who might think that that, because they're not able to think for themselves, because unfortunately, there are people that, even though they're Christians, maybe not their Christian, think, maybe they're not Christian thinkers, maybe they're not able to think it through themselves or discern things for themselves, they may feel like it's kind of an endorsement. So there may be, like for example, Kids, teenagers that are listening to certain music and telling their mom and dad, "No, it's okay if I listen to this because they're cause they're a Christian band." So there could be a danger in that. It seems like they're an endorsement because they're being marketed as uh, a Christian when maybe they're not actually Christians. Mm-hmm. Because the idea of uh, just because you're a Christian band doesn't necessarily mean that you're Christians. And that's very true. The spirit of the performers, what comes through in music. That's why there can be one guy in the band who's a Christian, the rest of them are not. It's the spirit of the performer that comes through. Just like, you know, our, uh, we only go see Christian bands. Well, do we only shop at christian grocery stores and do we only use christian lawyers and do we you know do we only have christian mechanics work on our
0: cars and all the things that we do in our life
1: some christians
0: do right that's kind of the next step after that it's where because you could there's a culture out there that christian everything
1: but the end result of that is a kind of separation and isolationism yeah. that comes where you won't associate with, with anything else yeah. and we can't be of the world and, and, and yet be in our own secret separatist yeah. society
0: yeah so that would be another danger if we're looking at the dangers and that's kind of the danger I was getting at that you do have seclusion
4: I think there can be a danger too in, in that you, you begin to, to put on a facade, if you will of, of who I am when I'm around other people and I'll, I'll give an example we, we went over and, and had dinner with, uh, with Matt and Jody a couple of weeks ago and I don't even remember the, the music that was playing, I can't even remember the artist's name but he, he's not a quote unquote Christian artist There was somebody that never really likes she enjoys his music Mm. And when we had left the house that night, she looked at me as we were driving home. She said, you know, it was so nice to go over to a pastor's house and sit down and have dinner with with him and his wife. And there didn't have to be quote-unquote Christian music on radio. Mm -hmm. We were able to listen to something that was very appropriate and sounded good. And I was able to just appreciate that and be who I am. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the flip side of that, again, talking about the dangers... And I say this coming from a, a denomination that, that I experienced a lot of legalism in, in the past, and I've had to, to grow out of that to some degree. Um, the, the danger is that, that when when I'm away, I'm one person, but when I come around the body of Christ, then all of a sudden I have to, to put on this, this fake meat to be accepted and to be the good mm-hmm. Christian. And I think that's a real danger. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's a real danger.
4: Yeah. Don't worry, my wife
1: won't let me be legalistic. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, I'm wearing the Christian Obey t shirt. <laughs>
1: here's, uh, here's something I was just thinking of, too. I, I read this recently in an article about it, was a, it was a survey done on the, the first 10 years of this new century, 2000 to 2010. Looking at why the church in America Has been in severe decline Over that whole period Loss of members, loss of finances Uh, More churches have closed Than new churches have opened In the ten years in the United States Pretty grim reading But one of their interesting conclusions I thought was that the only churches In that time frame That have experienced growth Either numerically or financially Are ones that the members uh, categorized as innovative and creative. Which I thought was really interesting and uh, that those churches, ones that people describe that way, have had success where others have not. And that, James, you brought up earlier that we should be on the forefront, that we should yeah. be innovative, we should be creative because that's who our God is. And I think yeah. I think that's a, a sign. And I know it's statistics, we don't we know that there's all kinds of answers as to why this might be wrong Or Good. how you came up with those results yeah. But I think the principle yeah. is probably true That if you can be innovative and creative Because that's who our God is yeah. That you're tapping into the Spiritual life and vitality yeah. And you can
3: help people You know, the, it's interesting Just looking at this question This concept From a marketing perspective The idea that uh, The big thing in marketing these days is lifestyle Well, you know, as Christians, we have a lifestyle. So how do we market that lifestyle? And then just the whole idea of there's all kinds of uh, Christian clothing lines and Christian bands and just other things that you mentioned. Because somebody was smart marketing-wise and says, there's a market out there, and there, you guys... Went right to yeah, there are people out there. That's all they do. They only they'll only work with a Christian lawyer, Christian plumber, Christian guy works on their car, wear Christian clothes, listen to Christian radio. You know all those kinds of things. And you know you start thinking, well, you know as long as there is smart, there are smart, innovative, creative marketers that are going for that particular vertical market of Christians there is always going to be success in that realm because there are a lot of Christians that are in that vertical market that will always support and buy those products. So it might be, and I would submit that maybe the really creative, innovative way is to boycott that. And say, you know what I mean? Do the opposite. Just say, hey, you know what? Because Jesus has called me to go. He said Go into society and to be the salt and the light don't hide my light under a bushel basket of a church or a a clothing line or just all christianity this and that instead i'm going to boycott that i'm going to only find a non-christian lawyer and a non-christian plumber and a i'm only going to wear non-christian clothing and listen to non-christian music Whoa, did you hear that sound? That was the sound of all the air leaving
2: the room. From this day forward, (laughs) you will be known as (laughs) the (laughs) contrarian.
1: You know, it, yeah, in, but in a non-rebellious sense, <laughs> that's why Jody and I chose to put our kids in public school rather than homeschooling. It's not because we have we think that homeschooling is wrong, yeah. but we we decided for our family that the most important thing yeah. was that our kids learn how to be salt and light in their community. Yeah. And now you can do that through homeschooling as well, but this is how we chose to, to yeah.
3: do it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, being a musician who is a Christian and interfacing for many, many years with Christian-slash-musicians. I've I've talked to both. I've talked to some people who are... We know that our market and our audience is Christian because we have a message of hope and encouragement and strengthening and building up the body of Christ. And I've also uh, met many, many musicians and different bands and stuff who, you know, if... If you force them to, they'll come play at your Christian coffee house or your church or your Christian event. But where they really love to live and move and have their being are in the clubs and the bars and the places where people go to hear live music. And I think that there is something to be said for music evangelists. I'm throwing up some air quotes right now some some music evangelists that are out there hitting the streets and going places where most christians would not go because after all i i can't go there uh and i think there's i think that's modeled in the life of jesus he hung out with the publicans and the sinners and he wasn't hanging out at the synagogues as much as he was out uh, where people were at
4: yeah I, I think we've seen that happen, too, in some other areas where, again, we're talking about music, but I think we've seen that same principle play out. I know just, it, it seems like not so many years ago, you wouldn't find a Christian book in a place like a Walmart or a, a, a secular bookstore, if you will, um, and then all of a sudden, one one pastor writes a book, um, as the story's <laughs> been told, and, and sells millions of copies. Well, <laughs> he, he puts it out in Walmart, yeah. and the church... Kind of comes back on it, and well, why are you doing this? It, the book should be in the Christian bookstore. And the, the line of defense was you know, most of the people going in the Christian bookstore know the Lord and they've heard this message. Mm-hmm. This is a message that I want to get out because we need to evangelize our, our nation and our world. Yeah. And now today, you walk in a Walmart, or, or today I was at Fry's and and you look in the books, and, and you see these names that are, are well-known through the church. You see the T.D. Jakes and the Joyce Myers and, and some of these other uh, authors, and that information is getting out. And I think it's that same concept of being able to say, no, we need to be out there where the message needs to be heard, um, not waiting for the world to dictate to us what it needs to look like and then us come yeah. behind and copy them, yeah. but let's get out in front of it and get the message out and paint the picture as it needs to be painted. Exactly. I'm glad you said that because in my cynical mind,
1: when you started to talk about that, I was thinking that Walmart was trying to tap into a market by advertising the Christian book, and And I was thinking, Well, they might, they might be, but that's where my mind was going, and I was like thinking, Oh, see, that's just what we're talking about—just trying to take advantage of clever marketing and make some more money. But I'm glad. As you continue, I realize, oh, but there's a greater, a greater importance too that that those things yeah. are becoming accessible to people that otherwise would not would not wander into a Christian bookstore, yeah, and not listen to Christian radio, right. things that are labeled Christian. So yeah, that is that is a definite.
3: I, well, I was, I was right there with you. You know, I know that Walmart is very purpose driven too, uh, to make to make to make money. But then there's also the other idea behind that, which is. When we're writing something that's fresh and clear, like maybe that book was ten years ago, that that there's it resonates in the hearts of people, and there's truth in there, and people who are Christians and people who aren't Christians might say, "Wow, I, I need a sense of purpose in my life," and uh, they would they would look at that and they would buy it almost maybe as a self help book or something like that, and I think it's phenomenal how many books that particular book has sold and the wealth that followed on its heels and the other uh, marketing endeavors that uh, were hop-ons behind that thing because everything turned into everything that, uh, using that terminology. But God blessed it. There was something about sowing the seed there in such a way that there was a hundredfold harvest on that. And here was a a Christian author who wrote a book who actually it changed his entire life because of the velocity of sales behind it. And the success behind it actually made him a very wealthy man that allowed him to do the ministry that God has called him to do without taking a cent from the church. And there's a little bit of a, a concept there that Paul the Apostle never took any money for the gospel for for the gospel's sake he wanted to specifically be a tent maker uh making tents and things out of leather in the and selling in the marketplace so that he was not he did not have to receive his uh living from the church i I don't know i just think there's uh, some interesting correlations there
4: but it, it, I think it comes down to an issue of heart, because in that in that same area where Paul was talking, he makes it clear that because of his work, uh, certainly um, they were were uh, deserving of that support from the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but their heart was that they wouldn't be a burden, yeah. and, and that they would, would work, and that they would take what God gave them, bless them with through that effort, and they would sow it and turn back into the kingdom yeah. for God to use. And I, I think it comes down to an issue of heart, and even going back kind of to the beginning where we started here, I see it to a large degree as an issue of heart. What's the intent? Yeah. Are we coming in because we want to look more like the world and, and we want to give alternatives, or are we coming in because we want to reach out uh, to people that are out there with a message that, yeah. that God would have us to proclaim and touch the hearts of people?
1: And is it just possible that the removal of the Christian label might in some way aid that, help that on us? I think mm-hmm.
0: to the outside world, non-believers, Christ, the Christian label is kind of, it does more worse than it does good. I mean, I think I think the stereotype, even though I think we're growing out of this, the stereotype is that Christian music is bad, and why would, Christian clothes are bad, and it's not as good as it could be. Yeah. Um, we still struggle with Christian
1: movies.
0: Christian movies are they, even worse. They, but,
1: yeah. They, yeah. They, they are bad.
0: Christian TV is... you'll find
1: good ones, but you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) For the the most part. But definitely, uh, the stereotype is bad. The stereotype is bad. So if you're going to release... If I'm going to release an album, do I want to release it on a Christian label? Probably not. That's my personal... Just because of the stereotype. Is my music going to be Christian? Probably. You know, it just... I take what I can get, but
4: (laughs) I I think there's another danger too in in proclaiming all things Christian that we associate with it. And I, you know, I want to preface by saying, yes, I listen to Christian music, and and, um, yes, I'm a part of those things that we associate with with the body of Christ. Um, Not exclusively, I haven't attached myself to all those things exclusively, and and because partially, I think there is a danger there. It's like driving down the street. And you see the bumper sticker on the back that proclaims Christ, and that person gets cut off, and now there's this, what would almost be a natural reaction by that person, and you have a group of witnesses that say inevitably, well, if that's being a Christian, then how is that different than me? And of course, in the church, we overcame that. We created another bumper sticker that said, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. But still, I, I think that that's another danger, a risk that we run when we associate all things with Christianness and Christian that. We, we almost kind of put ourselves up on a pedestal, and in, inevitably we're going to fail. Through the course of our day, we're going to fail, we're going to stumble. Um, and, and I think that, that we have to be careful in that if everything is Christian, when we do stumble, there's a huge group of witnesses Um that somehow attribute what they see in us automatically to Christ. And in my own experience, it becomes a, well, if that's being a Christian, I don't want to be a part of
0: that. Even from within, the church has not been kind to people that fall under their name. Um, So it's a a danger. But at the same time, I just think, I mean, my personal opinion is just, I, I, I don't... I listen to Christian music. I listen to non-Christian music. I listen to good music. That's what I like. What I like. What I consider good music. And there's Christian... That's how I try
1: to do things, too. I listen to music. Right. And yes. I choose to listen to some things and not to others. Right. And I, I watch movies. And I, I think that even just that separation into whether it's spiritual or secular is probably flawed. At, you know, to try and label things that way. Because... God is involved everywhere in this world, both inside and outside the church. And so, if I rule something out because it doesn't fit my nice pattern, I'm in danger of missing something
0: that God is doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, my qu- next question would be: How do we change our our reputation if we should be the at the forefront of creativity and? We've all kind of recognized that. What should the church do? What should Christianity do? Not be a Christian label or put more artists out there? Is there an easy answer? I think there is.
3: I I think it's resorting to rugged individualism. And and what I mean by that is this. If, like we try to raise our kids from an early age to be Christian thinkers... In other words don't just follow the crowd don't just do what everybody else is doing but be the kind of thinkers that you you think about things based on what you know to be truth. and we know that i, I kind of see this in the picture of john the baptist john the baptist was the forerunner of jesus christ and of his coming and was he was uh he was a rugged individual he was his own guy he was his own cat definitely he didn't wear christian obey t-shirts he he actually just obeyed what the word said and he was a forerunner and i know that this is a picture of what the church is the church is a forerunner to prepare the way for the lord the second return uh, of the lord that was the first return of the lord the second return of the lord is is going to be the church and i think that there i think that It's coming back to being individuals because I believe that the kingdom of God advances one person at a time, one family at a time, not necessarily in mass. And I know that there are, uh, in church history, there are revivals and movements of God that sweep through nations, but they all sweep through nations one person at a time. And I, I think that if we continue to realize even though I'm part of this Christian society, Christian society is only a microcosm of society as a whole. And what I mean by that are the things that happen in society, let's say the divorce ratio or whatever, it's really the same in Christianity but maybe a little bit smaller. But things happen in Christian culture the same way they do, but it may be at a smaller level than they do at regular societal level. And so the idea is it's it's we as individuals deciding what books to read, movies to watch, music to listen to, which causes us to interface with other people as we talk and share about what we're reading and what we're listening to, and what we're watching. And it creates an opportunity to talk to people, because when we talk to people, that's when that heart to heart begins to happen where the holy spirit can draw people unto himself through conversations and through relationships
1: the proof of that is that in if you take america out of the picture but in places look around the world at where the church is advancing the most it is being done that way without the access to mass marketing that we have here without the you know the Christian branding of stuff. It, it's simply a heartfelt movement of, of individuals mm-hmm. <laughs> discovering the truth yeah. for themselves and sharing it. And it also, nicely, I think, is a reassurance that that's what we felt God has called up this church Yeah. To. yeah And it's, it's hard to sometimes not fall into that. Well, maybe we just need to spend a little more money marketing, or maybe we just spend, we need to spend a little more money looking a little glossier and putting a better yeah. shine on it and yeah. you know, yeah. offering better resources and yeah. all of those things. And yet God has very specifically called us yeah. to, to not approach things that way, but yeah. to approach things at, a, at an individual level, yeah. underground level, where yeah. it's not done for our benefit, but for God's benefit. Yeah. And the, we'll take the long-term view of things and, and the, we'll take the time that's necessary to yeah. cement people in the truth.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. It's hard, though. It's
4: hard because there's a lot of shortcuts out there that don't seem very tempting. Yeah. But, you know, that's... I love that you said that. I was I was thinking um, what James had just said about it. Addressing things this way, moving away from the legalism of it's Christian, it's not. We associate with it, we can't. But, but looking at things on their own merits and becoming Christian thinkers... Um, I, I really appreciate that, because that's not the easy way. That as a parent um, of, of three sons, one's a teenager, one's coming quickly, and my youngest is watching his two brothers, there's always opportunity for discussion and, and explanation and, and really boiling things down. And, and I have two choices. Um, I can either say, no, you can't watch that, just period, or... Um, and I can, I can dive under the blanket of, well, it's not Christian, so the answer is no. Or we can begin to discuss things and talk about things. And I know I had an experience this weekend. My oldest son had two friends that stayed over at the house. Um, one of them attends church with his family, one doesn't. We got into the situation where we were all sitting around the table. they wanted a movie for that night. And so we pulled up a red box on the computer, seeing what's available. And what followed was a discussion of one person saying, one of the boys saying, well, I'd like to watch this. And we said, well, no, we're not going to watch that here. Well, why not? And and we began to talk about some of the things that were in that movie, not that, quote, unquote, it's bad, we don't allow it, but more, you know what, let me explain why we don't watch this in the house. And, mm-hmm. and actually, I, I, in fact, texted Matt, and ask him, hey, have you seen a specific movie? Again, that opportunity for communication and community that you were talking about. Hey, have you guys seen a certain movie? And if so, what did you think? uh, Is it appropriate maybe for a 13-year-old? We haven't seen it yet, and I got his thoughts on it. But all of that to say, dealing with things on that principal level really opens up that communication and ultimately the opportunity to grow, to become a thinker. Why do I participate in the things I participate in? Or why would I choose not to? And we can pass that on to our
2: kids. Yeah.
3: Yeah. When we move and live and have our being at an individual level, realizing that that organic nature of the kingdom of God, where he's called us to be salt and light and leaven and the loaf, when he's called us to move and live and have our being in that way... We realize that it only flows, that, that stream only flows in the desert through relationship. It's as we interact with other people. And, you know, this idea of us for and no more, or this isolationism that was brought up earlier, the you know, Christian isolationism... Uh, that's not at all what God calls us to do. He's called us to live our lives out in, out in the open and out in public. And, you know, Noah was a man uh, that was blameless and righteous before God. You know, David... Uh, the, you know, this is the Like David Project. And we named it that because David had a heart for God. And we're, we're some guys that have a heart for God. And we want to talk about issues, uh, having a heart for God in in a society that doesn't have a heart for God. And so here we are talking about this today. And it's like, well, we, we want to be like David. He was not perfect, man. And you know, a lot of people can use him as the proof text of how to really mess up your life. But he... I actually love God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you see it in his writings, and you can just tell. And I think that there's a lot of comfort as we discuss and talk about the kingdom of God and talk about our lives and our lifestyles with people who, who do not know Christ yet that just creates an environment of love, acceptance, and forgiveness uh, because we know that it's people are not saved because of our well-crafted messages. Our, uh, uh, people are not saved because some awesome thing that we've done. It's no man comes but the Spirit of God draw him or her. And we know that we look at our own lives and it's like, what were we doing before we became Christians? Well, we look back and we can re- we can remember that susceptible little idea that something was drawing us all of a sudden just one day something came alive a little seed of faith came alive where we said wow maybe Jesus is real you know maybe there is something to that well that's the holy spirit of god drawing people and then we can also probably think back to our personal experience and as that was happening in our heart we were probably interfacing with someone somewhere who was like a John the Baptist, a forerunner for us, talking to us about the kingdom of God in such a way that we, it, just, it was connecting the dots for us. Holy Spirit drawing us, someone talking about the things of God, and then all of a sudden we fell into it and said, Jesus Christ, I want to accept you as my Savior. And if we realize that's really the that's the that's our, that's what God has called us to do. That's simple: living our lives openly and honestly in community with other people, interfacing with the people that God brings into our lives. It's good.
4: You know, if, if, if we try to do this thing. By just selectively associating ourselves with with all these things that are accepted as Christian, if you will, or built as Christian. You know, it makes me think that when Jesus himself was here, the religious community of the the day was the community that challenged him in the things that he did because they had their idea of how it had to be and how everything needed to be done. How associations were to take place. But here comes Jesus on the scene. And he's not doing it that way. And he starts entering into community, if you will, offering a true witness. Not a witness standing out in the public praying, as as is referenced in scripture, you know, for others to see. But in, in open, honest dialogue. The woman at the well I'm thinking about. When Jesus sits down and just has this open dialogue and begins to share truly. What his message is, and that message was love and concern mm-hmm. and compassion and grace. Yeah. And and I think today we can take a, a great example from that in that we're not supposed to be that religious community that steps back yeah. into our four walls and and... Just offers this this witness, if you will, of what we think it should be. But we are supposed to be out there. Yeah. We are supposed to be in community. We are supposed to be sharing that message. And in doing that, we offer a true witness of how we can navigate this life with the help of the Holy Spirit as our guide. And we can begin to touch lives. Yeah. Right. No, there is a
1: there is a tendency, though, in with a judgmentalism. Uh, you know, a, a, a spirit of uh, just wanting to be right, wanting to get everything correct, that that what we're talking about, that sort of openness towards other people, it it won't always be accepted by, by those that that are called Christians. Yeah. Because it leaves you it leaves you in a position of precarious position yeah. of confronting people where they're really at with all of their sins laid bare and all of yours as parents as well. Yeah. And and that's not a comfortable place to be in. Yeah. Well, aren't you going to speak against that? Aren't you going to yeah. talk about that? Aren't you going to correct? Aren't you going to rebuke all of those things? Well, if you're in a relationship with someone, there's a time for correction. There's a time for rebuke. And there's a time for love. And there's a time for grace. Yeah. yeah. It's just... It's hard. I guess I throw that out there as a warning. It's the right thing to do, mm. to live on the forefront, to live on the, the edge of darkness, so that we can be shining our light into that darkness. Mm-hmm. But it has to be done with grace, it has to be done with mercy, and it has to be done with a with a courageous
2: spirit that yeah.
1: that will confront those things and not run. Yeah. In fact I know Robbie Booth who is the the trainer of all of our four square chaplains points out that it is our, the Christian's responsibility to get up and run into the darkness when they spot it, yeah. when they recognize it. Yeah. That's what we're called to do. Not to run from it, but yeah. to run into it yeah. to provide the light. And not just to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. Just, not just to talk about it. So the risk is worth taking in, in my eyes. And I bring that up because I know that, that there is that danger that people will misunderstand you or they'll judge what you're doing and find it wanting, or that it's it's scary. It's a scary proposition. Yeah. That you're leaving yourself exposed to things like that. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. We're called to do those hard things that, that others are unwilling to.
4: I read a, a quote this morning uh, by Wilfred Peterson, and, and who is a, a businessman of, of some notoriety, but. I read a quote by him, it says, As I grow older, I pay less attention to what men say. I just watch what they do. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we're at, what we're talking about, is, is we can we can stand back and, and we can say everything that we want to say, and we can make it sound just right. We can say you should be a part of this, or this is what you should do, or that's what you should do. But I think what people are, are, are doing is listening less and less to that, and they're watching... Yeah. What What really happens when this person, when this Christian, yeah. is confronted with a situation? Yeah. I know I shared with with Matt and, and John both uh, here not too long ago. We were involved in a situation. All of us were involved at different levels, um, but a large part of why uh, my family and I made the change we made and came to Cornerstone was because. I wasn't just coming and hearing Matt speak from the pulpit and hearing his message. I had the opportunity to sit back and watch him in a situation that, that was, was, I guess, sticky would know, <laughs> be the best way to it. The yeah. um, there was just so many aspects to this, and, and it, it really was um, light ground to walk on. But I was able to watch... How Matt responded in that. And even John as well. I was able to talk with John and, and see his response um, to the situation that we faced. And it just spoke volumes to me. Because, again, going back to that, I don't want to listen so much to what men say, I want to see what they do. I got a real life example of what a, a professing Christian, how they step into a situation and deal with real lives and real situations. And it spoke volumes to me. And that's as a Christian. You know, I'm speaking as a Christian. What about that person that's not a Christian, that's standing back saying, uh, is this something I should participate in, is this real? Well, I think sometimes the best way to demonstrate that is by how we step into the situation and the actions we take. I agree. And in our post-Christian
1: society where everybody thinks that they've heard the gospel. Everybody thinks they know who Jesus is. The only thing that will make a difference is those that actually act upon what they confess. Not who who preach another message out and not who say the right words because it's all been heard before, but what we do is going to be critical. That's how we reach the the people in our culture. Is that we show, we demonstrate that there's power and there's life.
3: I think that uh, it really comes down to breaking out of our comfort zone I think that's why a lot of people it's easier it's so much easier to just put on a Christian t-shirt and you know get that logo out there and paste a sticker on the back of our (laughs) paste a Christian sticker on the back of our car and listen to Christian music and isolate ourselves it's a lot easier to do that Uh, and I think that's why a lot of people are uncomfortable with it because they realize their walk and their talk are going to have to match up at some some juncture. You know, at some point in time, those two are going to have to match up, and it's just a whole lot easier to just try to you know come up with some saying or uh, try to spout you know spout some kind of verbiage, but it's a lot harder to to live the life. if... We see um, John the Baptist as the forerunner of Jesus Christ, and we see ourselves as the forerunner of Jesus Christ in someone's life. Then we just got to realize it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder, and our head might end up on a platter, you know. And we're (laughs) at some point in the future, you know, and we're going to upset a lot of the religious community. And there's going to be a lot of things that we'll say and do that people don't quite understand. But the message of the kingdom is the message of the kingdom. And that's one thing he was absolutely true to was the message of the kingdom. Proclaiming the message of the kingdom. And that's our responsibility. That's what God has called us to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And as people are experiencing the loss of jobs or the reduction in their income and the things that are taking place right now, um, it's, uh, it's critical that Christians Act the way that they Have always said that they would act yeah. Yeah. In those situations yeah. Because it's not You can't pray your way out of a tough situation If you're not willing to also do the work yeah. That's necessary To get
4: yourself out of that
1: situation
4: Exactly okay. and, and therein lies our integrity I mean that's where integrity is exposed The things that we say We believe in is that how we really live? When we're faced with, with a challenge or, or adversity of some type, do we walk that out? And knowing that, that we all fall short, we all stumble, we, we all make mistakes. But by and large, um, why is, as you said, James, why is your head ending up on the platter? Is it because you're, you're walking, truly walking in conviction and making those hard decisions? Or is it because it's, it's become apparent that what you say you believe and the way you live your life don't match and, and the integrity is not
3: there? Yeah, Yeah. if I'm going to serve up my head on a platter, I want it to be because I was consistent, exactly. bold
0: and courageous and consistent exactly. with the message of the kingdom. Getting back to the, the article where that I talked about at the beginning... In the kingdom of God, the the message of the kingdom of God is the. He he says that's the. The author of the article says that is the alternative. It it should be the kingdom of of God, and uh, and he had these lists of what the kingdom alternative would look like. You know, the love of God. And I, I talked about some of them. But I just noticed one. says healing, signs, wonders, and unleashing of all forms of creativity. And I thought it was interesting that he put them all together. Creativity with healing, signs, and wonders. Um, because I do think creativity can be, I don't want to say a miracle, but definitely a, a spiritual, spiritual thing. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say. And so... Um, I think we need to tap into that more as creativity being a gift from God or a Holy Spirit influence type uh, gift. And uh, I think when we do tap into that, good things will happen.
4: I think when we consider we serve the God of all creation to, to leave out the creativity that, that he's putting us, we were created in his image and he is the creator. So I
1: think that to, to leave that out, we, there's certainly an injustice
2: at some real, Jesus, we just love you. I left my fear outside the road. I hear you speak and won't let go. I fall to my knees as I lift my hands to pray. Got every reason to be here again The Father's love that draws me in Don't my eyes will see as a glimpse of you